All right, well, that's some very nice, uh, soothing, therapeutic music. That's going to give us a hint of what we can expect here for our next segment. Uh, we've been getting comments. Uh, first time I, I've remembered uh, since we started this new show, uh, a comment coming in from YouTube, Uncle Sam. Uh, very kind words. You can listen to us through uh, YouTube Live. Normally, we'd like you to listen to 101.3 FM, but if you don't live in Seoul, uh, YouTube Live is another very good opportunity for you to uh, listen to the show. So thank you very much uh, for those comments. As I noted, with that uh, very uh, relaxing music. We have now a new uh, segment known as News Therapy. We're going to get you the insights into the psychology behind various social issues and we're pleased to introduce for the first time today. Joining us is uh, Dr. Chu Hian of the Chu Hian Counseling and Coaching Center. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, a couple of very interesting issues. Uh, Dr. Chu, pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So the first topic we want to talk about is uh, the psychology behind viral altruism. Uh, This is uh, in relation to what's been kind of viral right now is the uh, Thanks to You Challenge. So uh, first of all, Dr. Ju, what exactly is the Thanks to You Challenge and uh, what is viral altruism? Yes, so Thanks to You Challenge is a recent uh, social media campaign. Um, Thanks to You Challenge uses social media to express gratitude and respect to healthcare workers at the front lines of the country's fight against COVID-19. The posts include hashtags 덕분에, which means uh, thanks to you in English. People have participated in the campaign by uploading their photos with their hand-in-thumbs-up posts with their palms underneath. This means respect and pride in Korean sign language. What would you say then is the uh, psychological kind of motivation or mechanism uh, behind wanting to engage in viral altruism? So uh, just to briefly also mention the viral altruism part, uh, because some people might not be familiar with the term. Um, This term started uh, with, uh, this term was coined by Dr. Sander van der Linden, um, who's a professor at Cambridge University. And... Um, it talks about, uh, it, he mentions ALS Ice Bucket Challenge to um, showing how social campaigns can become viral and motivate others to participate in altruistic behaviors. Um, so that's where the viral altruism right. comes. Um, sorry, can you repeat the question? Well, well, the, what, what, what's the psycholo- psychology behind it? Yes. Uh, so, yes, uh, we can also think about psychology behind this social altruism. Um, I can take a look at two factors. Mm-hmm. One is psychology of consensus. That is when a video or a meme has been viewed and shared numerous times. Its popularity serves as a social proof that the content warrants attention. So one of one. Once the social campaign reaches a social tipping point or the peak, it creates a self-sustaining mechanism. People talk about it online, offline, and agrees it's worth noting and becomes viral. Uh, the second is psychology of social norms. It, um, it also adds to virality. People have the desire to conform to pro-social behavior, such as showing altruistic behavior, appearing charitable, having a clear moral incentive to act. And the appetite for a warm glow. So it also brings the positive emotional benefit derived from feeling compassionate. That this brings people to participate and share the social campaign. So it's all feel good. Uh, Ice bucket challenge. Uh, this thanks to you challenge. These are all great things. I think a lot of people 
like social media marketers, they want to make things go viral, whether it's uh, social altruism or not, but they, they don't all succeed. What would you say makes an effective campaign and, and what would you say are the implications? The effective campaign uh, is made by five, uh, five factors. Um, it's also, um, I'm borrowing this, ter- this five criteria from Dr. Van der Linden, mm-hmm. and this can be summarized in acronym SMART. Social influence, moral imperative, effective reactions, translational impact. Um, So just to briefly explain, social influence refers to people are motivated to participate for social sanction, peer influence. And moral imperative gives moral imperatives and calls people to participate in moral behavior and cause. And this leads to effective reactions, which are the response to a strong emotional content. And translational translational impact is conversion of online token support into sustained real-world contributions, whether financial donations or a long-term commitment to an issue. Okay. Well... We are all kind of uh, cooped up indoors, maybe even spending more uh, attention to what's going on in social media. And so we're we're certainly paying more attention to things like the uh, Thanks to You campaign. Let's talk about another uh, psychological aspect of things, and uh, that is the U.S. President Donald Trump. So, uh, Dr. Ju, uh, you may personally be a supporter or you might might not be a supporter of uh, Donald Trump, but uh, he does have certainly interesting (laughs) psychological characteristics, even as a a layperson. We're going to talk about the uh, misinformation. Uh, What happens when uh, Trump shares deliberately or um, maybe not on purpose uh, misinformation? So because he's such an authoritative public figure, what he says has quite of an influence, whether it's true or false or without evidence. Um, So he does take, has lots of a responsibility to what he says. Um, So today I have at the topic uh, recently his comment on injecting disinfectant to humans uh, to prevent or cure COVID-19 has become viral. I guess I'm talking about the viral issues. Yeah. <laughs> Another one. Um, so, and this kind of behavior where he comments on some things without evidence or uh, without scientific background, it sparks public's question. Like, why is this happening? Um, like, why is he making such a provocative statements? Um, why is he putting himself and the public at the risk? Um, And I I would like to talk about some psychological issues related to that today. Okay. Uh, Give us more, uh, kind of uh, expand on what you're talking about with the psychological issues. Okay. So um, some experts have interpreted Trump's behavior, how he he provokes public attention, as his trying attempt to appeal to his political supporters. And this argument has somewhat been plausible. as, in fact, he has appealed to some people and was elected as the president president and stay in the Oval Office. Um, But even with this assumption that he appeals public support, question still lingers, um, since his false provocative statements seem to put himself and the public at risk, as we have seen in the disinfectant um, case. Can, can you then uh, talk about then what happens afterwards, uh, the, the so-called, uh, I see in your notes, selective attention? Yes. Um, so what happens is that selective attention happens um, that 
helps Trump shift the focus from where he doesn't want to be to where he wants to be. Um, Just to briefly explain what selective attention is, selective attention happens as our eyes and minds can focus on one thing at a time. It's in a process of focusing on particular sensory experience in the environment. People are are constantly exposed to a barrage of external stimuli, thoughts, and emotions. And because people have limited capacity for paying attention, they develop the ability to focus on what is important while blocking out the rest. And this psychology of attention is also found in media and how we intake information. In abundance of information, news and people can pay only selective attention. That is why he has been very effective in almost kind of uh, uh, distracting people from saying, you're outraged about this, but here, I'm, I'm going to make you more outraged about this. And that's what we're talking about, including uh, what, what, how the press covers like the New York Times, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, and you, maybe it's, um, just, should I yeah, just explain briefly? A, about, briefly about New York Times article? Um, so New York Times, back Um, back in the days when he was elected as a president, published an article concerned with how Trump's business empire might conflict with his position as a president. And the story was on the top of New York Times front page on that day. Then on the same afternoon, Trump posted, without any evidence, um, tweeting a statement saying millions of people voted illegally and he has landslide victory from the Electoral College. And this tweet has gained the public's attention with the article's concern regarding Trump's business and presidency conflict was pushed away from the headlines. So this shows how selective attention is found in this incident. He misdirects the public's attention, uh, Mr. Trump facing a challenge such as New York Times article that questions his suitability as a president. He doesn't directly answer or challenge the question that New York Times has posed. Instead, he uses Twitter to shift the public's attention from the New York Times question. And and Trump gives a comment that this is a false and controversial and this shifts the media's attention. And media was forced to expend its energy on refuting or covering them because it catches the public's attention. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you can, you can talk about mm-hmm. outrages, uh, make controversial comments. Uh, we're talking life and death situations here now, especially when we're talking about specifically the ingestion of uh, disinfectants. And uh, you can say it's sarcasm or not. But uh, unfortunately, uh, there have been people now uh, who take it seriously and, and are actually going to uh, follow what he says is sarcastic advice. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Dr. Chu, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it for us as well. Our producers are Kang Jin-su and Kim Jae-sun. Our writers are Choi Kyung-mi and Oh Ah-jin. Coming up next, we've got the uh, TBS EFM COVID-19 live updates. You're going to get the latest on the outbreak. It's going to be broadcast in English by Na Seung-yeon from 9 to 9.30 a.m. and also in Chinese from 9.30 to 10 a.m. by Chi Ming-ming. Thanks for listening. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.